Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for being Locked On Bucks, your first listen, your first watch every day. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. I shouldn't say as always. This is the first episode we've done together since Monday. It's as always. We're together in spirit, even if we're not together physically. That is true. And we still talk about each other on the on our solo shows. Uh, whether that's good or bad, we will we will find out. But you can check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. This episode brought to you by our friends at Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com forward slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Thanks again to all of you out there in Bucks Nation for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listener watch every single day. Hopefully you have enjoyed your Thanksgiving festivities, or maybe you're still enjoying your Thanksgiving festivities, James. I know you and your family are technically celebrating Thanksgiving on Friday because you can get the family together. So hopefully you have a good time. Thank, Happy Thanksgiving to you, brother. Appreciate everything that you have brought into my life and my sports ventures, and happy to call you a friend, brother, and partner in uh, all of this garbage content that we produce for people to take in. Speaking of garbage news, Mike Evans not practicing again on Thursday, at least in the session open to media. So at least a little bit of you know, possibly a limited designation will be passed out. But from what the media saw, and that is via Rick Stroud on Twitter and also via Rick Stroud on Twitter because we don't have official Thursday reports right now. Vita Vea and Devin White both practicing. Uh, that means more than just working on the side or stretching. They're actually doing drills and actually going through part of the game plan prep. So that's great news. Official designations, of course, for all Buccaneers players, including Antonio Brown, who I'm not sure I'm all that confident, James, that he's going to play. will yeah. come out on Friday ahead of Sunday's game and then, for the Colts side of things, not a lot of social media activity happening before we record this episode, but Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, definitely the two players on the Colts side of things that you want to keep an eye on. The benefit they have, of course, is that they're not traveling, so they don't have to worry about flights and swelling and, and blood pressure and, and all this other stuff. So they have a little bit of an advantage there. But obviously, if they're missing Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, that's going to be a huge blow for the Indianapolis Colts' chances of beating Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, of course, we're here for every day. Yeah, uh, on... Wednesday night, Bruce Arians on Sirius XM radio said that he thinks Antonio Brown is going to return against the Falcons next week. So no Antonio Brown this week. Uh, definitely want to keep an eye on, on Mike Evans, Vita Vea, and Devin White. But I'm, I'm confident Mike Evans is going to play. I'm confident Chris Godwin is going to play. He's still dealing with that foot injury. And then having Vita Vea and Devin White both practicing on Thursday, definitely a positive sign as the uh, – the Bucs are going to be going up against the number one running back in the NFL. All due respect, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. Bro, you haven't been on the field, and Jonathan Taylor is crushing it right yeah. now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that Antonio Brown won't be on the field for the Bucs in a big road game. The Bucs obviously have struggled on the road this year. They could have used Antonio Brown in this one, especially against a susceptible Colts secondary. Mm-hmm. But that, to me means it's going to open things up for the tight ends. The Colts are 31st in the NFL against the tight end position. So Gronk being healthy, mixing some OJ Howard, some Cameron Bright, the Bucs might be exposing the middle of that field quite a bit, especially if Darius Leonard is out. 
Absolutely. And I mean, Darius Leonard, like, first of all, as a football purist, I love the guy. I love the player. I love what he does on the field. But as a as a person who buck, who covers the Buccaneers and watches the Buccaneers closely, I mean, it's been a little while. But you remember what he did the last time we saw Darius Leonard playing against Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It I, was two or three interceptions, wasn't it? Yeah, touchdown. Absolutely. And granted, the caliber of quarterback play at the time not Tom Brady's level, which there's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't Tom Brady's level, so it's not a shot. Um, but I mean, I don't want to see Darius Leonard play the Buccaneers again. Like, no. I don't want to say I have PTSD, but I definitely have some anxiety going on from Darius Leonard playing. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's healthy, of course. But I mean, you know, if if they need to hold about precautionary for precautionary reasons, I'm OK with that. Yeah, they're they're in the playoff hunt now. Maybe maybe you want to make sure that Leonard is healthy for the yeah. the stretch run. But to uh, to that quarterback's credit, the Bucks did come back and win that game against the Indianapolis Colts. That's true. And that is, I mean, that was part. I mean, we're talking about James Winston. Right? That was part of the excitement of the James Winston era is. Oh, sure. You never knew when things were going to go sideways, right? But you also never knew when things were going to magically come back on course and just go amazingly. So, I mean, it was a fun time. Can't can't throw any shade at James. Hopefully he's healing up very nicely after his surgery. But, yeah, I mean, just the last time we saw the Colts play this Bucks team, you know, things didn't go exactly swimmingly. But, you know, getting the W at the end of the day is, is, the, is, the, is the main priority. I think that's a lesson to take from that game and from a lot of these games. And if the Buccaneers can continue on this trajectory – of not shooting themselves in the foot as badly as they have before. I mean, I think outside the first quarter, right, of, of the Giants game, the Buccaneers basically played a relatively clean game. I can't know. I don't, I don't know if I can say that 100%, but for the most part, played a pretty clean game for the last three quarters of that game. And you go back to Kansas City last year, played a terrible first quarter, played a really good three quarters, and that really kind of sparked the winning streak that we saw lead them to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Maybe it, we, we like drawing correlations to 2020 because it gives us more confidence that another Super Bowl trip is coming. So maybe that's correlation. Three clean quarters against the New York Giants versus one not-so-clean quarter, and maybe that's going to be what they need to get over the hump. Yeah, and and full disclosure, we're recording this episode a little after noon on Thanksgiving Day, so make sure you're keeping an eye on the injury reports as they come out via social media because by the time you're, you're watching or listening to this, we'll already have the Thursday reports out there, and you may even have the Friday reports out there as well. So... Yeah, you want to keep an eye on Devin White, Vita Vea, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard uh, moving forward as we head into the weekend. Something else, David, to keep your eye on is this wonderful, wonderful new site, and that is, of course, Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you against the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are four times better. Why? because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what daily fantasy should be. One-on-one. I am diving in to Stat Hero for the first time this weekend. Really interested to see how it goes, but 
I like my odds because I already do semi well in those massive matchups when you're going up against guys with algorithms and, and you just don't know what they're doing. I'll let you know how I do with Stat Hero, but you can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions do apply. Second two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, wrapping up the week, giving our final preview of this weekend's matchup between your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you again, Bucks Nation, for making us your first listen or your first watch every single day. Wherever you're downloading this, wherever you're listening to this, streaming it, however you're doing it, please click subscribe, click follow, let us know what you think of the show, what you think about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you can follow us on Twitter at dharrison82 at jarco underscore bucks. And at Locked On Bucks, everything we're writing about your Buccaneers can be found at BucksNation.com on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Speaking of Bucks and things that we've written about, James, Hall of Fame lists are starting to come out. The semifinalists have come out for the modern era. Semifinalists have come out. Rondé Barber is once again a Hall of Fame semifinalist. I think everybody expected that. Simeon Rice is not. And uh, I know every year that Buccaneers fans get a little bit more frustrated, a little bit more up in arms about Simeon Rice. But first, let's talk about Rondé Barber, he was in the press box, or not in the press box, in a luxury box, right? Uh, owner suite or wherever they put them up. Mike Allstott, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, I tweeted it from the Locked On Bucks Twitter account, I think, during the game. Champions in the box, champions on the field, champions just everywhere in Raymond James Stadium on Monday night, and it was a great environment to be in as, as John Lynch got its Hall of Fame ring. What are your thoughts on Rondé Barber? Obviously, we both think Rondé Barber should be in the Hall of Fame, but let's, let's, let's put on our best Ira Kaufman hat or whoever's giving the speeches now in the, in the selection boardroom. And what do you think are Rondé Barber's chance of legitimately making the hall of fame this year? This year? I, I don't think he's going to make it. I, as much as I think Rondé Barber is a hall of famer, I don't know if he gets in. And, you know, I realize people make the, you're supposed to make the hall of fame argument based on individual performance, but it's really hard to get four Hall of Famers in from one defense that only came away with one Super Bowl, right? Um, I mean, four four Hall of Famers from one particular defense, period, is going to be a tall task. So you take a look at what Rondé did. He he revolutionized the nickel corner. He's the only member in the NFL of the 40-40 club with 40 interceptions, 40 sacks. I'm pretty sure that's right. Or he might be the only member of the 45-40 club, whatever it is. Um, he was an absolute weapon. He was a weapon in the passing game. He was a weapon at getting after the quarterback. Um, but as far as his odds are concerned, I'll be, I'll be real surprised if Rondé gets in this year, he may be a candidate that we're looking at a John Lynch esque run of so close, but yet so far. And it's going to take one of those weaker class years for him to get the bump to be able to be inducted. Yeah, I mean, the, the list is is really long, and, I'm, and I mean, we can rattle it all up, but really I just want to kind of focus on the cornerbacks, uh, really the defensive backs, right? Because they have Rondé Barber listed on the NFL uh, website pro football article as a cornerback slash safety because he did obviously play some safety. But you've got cornerback Eric Allen uh, joining him on that list. you got safety Leroy Butler, and you've also got safety Darren Woodson. So th those are your three 
defensive backs on this or on this list of semifinalists for this for this year. And those are all three very good players, and they're all going to have their own right. And I, there's there's kind of I don't know how true like the conspiracy theory of it really is, but there's kind of been this notion that like one safety per class or one DB per class, and like no more than that. So I mean, when you look at Eric Allen and you look at Darren Woodson, you know Darren Woodson obviously I think has probably if I had to rank the unbiased, uh, you know, just stereotypical resumes. I think Darren Woodson's probably got the lead there. But then you look at some of the other names on this list. You know I'm an Eddie George guy, you know, the Houston Oilers running back and uh, the later the uh, Tennessee Oilers uh, as well because I refuse to call Titans. Tennessee Titans. Um, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson's on there. Devin Hester, who obviously uh, helped kind of revolutionary. I mean, linebacker Sam Mills is is a guy who who did so much. Uh, Steve Smith, if he if he goes in the Hall of Fame, um, I might just boycott the entire thing, to be honest with you. Um, not that he doesn't necessarily deserve it, but I just don't like Steve Smith. I don't, um, I don't think I'm alone on that one either. So there's a lot of deserving names. Um, but before we get to the the Simeon Rice conversation real quick, James, I know you have some numbers to drop on people, which I'm incredibly excited for. Seven first-year eligible players. And maybe I'm alone on this, and I, and I want your thought on this. And, and, and people watching on YouTube, I want your comments on this as well in the comment section if you're listening by all means, tweet at me, you know, DM me, email us, leave a voicemail. The thing about first ballot Hall of Famers, like, it's kind of like if you're a Hall of Fame caliber player, does it really matter if you get on the first, fifth, seventh ballot or whatever? I think it does. And I think the first ballot Hall of Fame selection should be reserved for the greatest of the great. Like, everybody in the Hall of Fame is supposed to be the greatest players to ever strap on pads, right? And I got that. But I'm talking about the greatest of the great, like to, to quote men in black, the best of the best of the best, sir, right? Tom Brady, like that's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So on this list, you've got DeMarcus Ware, Devin Hester, and Andre Johnson. You've got Anquan Bolden, Robert Mathis, Steve Smith, and Vince Wilford. The closest first ballot Hall of Famer on there, James, to me is DeMarcus Ware. But I don't even know if my own personal, and this is just me, and maybe I'm just going to get off my grass type of moment, but I don't know that even DeMarcus Ware meets the criteria that I'm looking for. Yeah, I and it's funny you say DeMarcus Ware because you rattled off those names, and the one that I thought should, you know, if you're going to pick one, was Robert Mathis. So the the fact that we already kind of see things differently, I agree with you 100%. You know, the first ballot hall guys need to be those best of the best of the best. The Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Brett Favre's, the Randy Moss's, the, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson's, Barry Sanders. You know, those kinds of players, Deion Sanders, the guys that you name a position and those are the players that, that immediately come to mind. Because if I say, you know, defensive end, Right. Robert Mathis and DeMarcus Ware are not the first three, four, or five names that are going to come to mind. Unless for... you're a Broncos or Colts fan or maybe a Cowboys fan, right? So Right, right, sure. But it's like if you remove your personal team bias from the conversation, those are not the names that immediately come to mind at those positions. So I agree with you that that, that first ballot designation, full disclosure, Calvin Johnson should not have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my Absolutely opinion. Absolutely not. And I almost wonder, like me personally, and again, this is just me kind of dreaming, right? I almost think that for a first ballot guy, the criteria should be different. Like you shouldn't have the same criteria as everybody else. Your first time on the ballot, you should need more of the votes or more, you know, you should have to meet more of the standard to be a first ballot guy. That's just kind of the way I look at it, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So moving over to the Simeon Rice conversation, you and I were talking before recording. Simeon Rice probably is never getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, and you have a bunch of numbers, James. I do cut you off real quick, very rudely, because my take on this is going to be very quick. Yeah. And the last time I dropped an uh, an opinion or or an analysis that Buccaneers fans didn't like, uh, I heard about it. So I'm expecting to hear about it again. I uh, right now, like, I don't think Simeon Rice is ever getting the Hall of Fame. You kind of just said that. Right. But here's the thing. Simeon Rice is not in the ring of honor. Correct. Correct. Until the Buccaneers put him in the ring of honor, there's no reason to put him in the Hall of Fame because if your own franchise isn't saying that you're one of the best in the franchise, why would the NFL say you're one of the best in the NFL? And, and that could be a little unfair sometimes, right? Because the Bucs aren't going to put like seven guys in the ring of honor. Like next year, Simeon Rice go in the ring of honor. And we know that like when they put John Lynch in the ring of honor, a lot of people are like, yeah, they're trying to give him that push. When they put Rondé Barber in the ring of honor, like they're trying to give Rondé a little bit of extra meat on his resume. And I get that. So if this franchise has gone and taking steps to give other people like John Lynch or Andy Barber more meat on their Hall of Fame resumes, why haven't they done it for Simeon Rice? And it's not that he's not a great player, greatly appreciated within the franchise, celebrated, all that stuff, but maybe it's because he wasn't as impactful as some of these other guys. And we talked about before, 4-3 defense, right? Name, name the fourth defensive lineman that played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers during that stretch. Most people can't. And if you have two Hall of Fame defensive linemen, Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice, you should probably be able to name the other two guys because they benefited from those a lot and they probably had a good amount of production. But the fact that you have one Hall of Fame defensive lineman and the other guys benefited from that Kobe-like performance, I think that kind of speaks volumes a little bit. But yeah, until until Simeon Rice is in the ring of honor, I don't even think this is a conversation worth having anymore. Yeah, I mean, it could be a matter of prioritizing different people ahead of Simeon right. Rice. You know, you have your Allstots and your Lynches and your Brookses and your Saps and your Barbers because those guys were, you know, matter-of-factly more impactful for the Buccaneers than Simeon Rice. That's not to say Simeon wasn't impactful because he absolutely was, but you're not going to put Simeon Rice in before you put in Jimmy Giles or Leroy Selman or, you know, Mike Allstott. Um Maybe you put him in ahead of Monty Kiffin, but Monty Kiffin did a lot for this team. So there, there could be some reasons there. Um, but yeah, I, I dove into some numbers because the two comparisons that always come to mind when you talk about Simeon Rice and he had a stretch there of dominance and, and maybe it's as simple as he had such an unceremonious end to his career because he had just injury after injury after injury that he became an afterthought and he wasn't able to get on the field. But he had a stretch there in his career, both towards the end of his tenure with the Cardinals and into his Buccaneers tenure, where he was a dominant force in the National Football League. But he played 174 games, finished with 483 tackles, which is not a great number, as you're going to see here in just a minute. 93 tackles for loss and 122 sacks. Now, you look at a guy like Jason Taylor, who played in 233 games, far more than Simeon Rice, 788 tackles, far more than Simeon Rice, 151 tackles for loss, way more, 139 and a half sacks, a little bit more. Michael Strahan, 216 games, a fake single season sack record, um, 854 tackles, 131 tackles for loss, 141 and a half sacks, so almost 20 more sacks than Simeon Rice. Um, but you break it down a little bit further. Simeon Rice averaged 0.7 sacks per game. Jason Taylor, 
0.59 sacks per game. Michael Strahan, 0.65 sacks per game. Simeon Rice, eight seasons with double-digit sacks. Both Jason Taylor and Michael Strahan had six, and they had far longer careers. So when you break it down almost that way, you know, Simeon Rice hangs with first ballot Hall of Famers. But I think with his career being shortened due to injury and the lack of fanfare around, you know, his performances while he did have that dominant stretch, I don't think Simeon is going to have the push for, you know, a bid to the Hall of Fame the way a lot of fans wish he would. All right, James. So wrapping up the Thanksgiving week, wrapping up this episode here in a minute, uh, Thanksgiving has come and gone for my family. It's happening as people are probably listening, watching to this episode for you and your family. And hopefully you guys in the future, this is kind of a weird way time warp to do this, but hopefully you guys are at this moment, enjoying all kinds of good food, good treats and family fun and time. Uh, it's a perfect time for built bar. So James, if this, if this dawns on you, if you think about today's episode, pull out some built bars, share them around the family, because even if you want dessert, it's still a good treat to add to the day. But if anybody out there is looking to count their calories or maybe they're a little too full, but they still want something sweet, hand them a built bar. It's got upwards or slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. But most built bars, as you know, only have 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So tell them to replace coconut cream pie or the raspberry pie or the pumpkin pie with a built bar or alternative. That alternative will be low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein covered in 100% chocolate. And it's a great option for any time you're hungry. Maybe your Aunt Beth, I don't know if you have an Aunt Beth, but if you do, maybe she hasn't tried Built Bars yet and you can turn her on to her new favorite protein bar. New surprises coming all month. Built.com, you can always use promo code LOCK15JAMES this weekend alone. Locked 20 for 20% off at Built.com and new flavors dropping for Black Friday. So guys, make sure you head over to Built.com. Check that out. Use a promo code this weekend for Lock 20 for 20% off. Yep, it is Thanksgiving weekend. We all know what that means. Football, congratulations to the Bears, Raiders, and Bills for their victories that have not happened. Very bold of you, sir. As we are recording this. Speaking of talking into the future. Well, I no Cooper, no CD Lamb, uh, no Alvin Kamara. The mm. Bills are kind of due. I'm just no Alvin, no Jameis, no Ryan Ramchek, no Michael Thomas. Like, whew. yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, maybe I'm just trying to speak this into existence. But nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot. For all the sports action this Thanksgiving, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKED ON. And it's not just football, Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. You might find yourself with a little extra Black Friday uh, shopping money. Just saying. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at jarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. And real quick, David, I have I have problems with you. Um, you are you are a dear friend. Wait, you are, you know, my wife it, on the show? It, do I? <laughs> so wait, is my wife on the show? No, just kidding. No. Just kidding. My mother-in-law and my son watch the show. Just kidding. 
yeah, dear friend, you're my brother, you're my partner and all this. Oh, but such nice you, things you're saying to me right now. You started a fight with me when I wasn't there uh, to participate. And uh, I was with you. I was yeah. with you on the Thanksgiving foods yeah. up until you said the words stovetop. <laughs> I love stovetop. Okay, I do. I will make it throughout the year. But when it comes to Thanksgiving, the stuffing needs to be special. And there is not nothing special about stovetop. Also, that's false. I is the worst uh, friend of the show. Uh, Carmen Vitali. I don't know if that's true anymore. I'm just uh, out there. Carmen Vitali agrees with me. She tweeted out that pumpkin does not belong in pie. So enjoy apple. pie. I use multiple accounts to come at her about it. Yeah, and uh, I didn't appreciate uh, the Locked On Bucks account going after. That's why I had to do it for my personal account to let her know that only half of this podcast <laughs> disagreed with that take. So, all right, let's 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 take a look at this weekend. Bucks, Colts, I will be there in attendance uh, with my son and my boss and his son. Both of our sons are named Beckett, which is an interesting little thing because we didn't know each other when either of our sons were born. But we are, we are going to go. We are going to have ourselves a good time. But he's a Colts fan, so there's going to be some trash talking going on. And if, throwing. if I want to be the one talking all the trash on the way home, this is what needs to happen for the Buccaneers. What it boils down to is, is it's all about uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas over there. Uh, shout out to those of you that get that reference. Uh, the Buccaneers have to stop it, period. Oh. He is the Colts' key to victory. So the Bucks' key to victory has to be shutting him down. If the Colts do not have Quentin Nelson, that bodes well for the Buccaneers' defense where they have guys on the interior like Sue, like Vita Vea, that can blow up the offensive line and get contact on Taylor. I'm not going to say that they're going to take him down, but they can get enough contact on him to slow him down and allow help to arrive and minimize his gains. All right, so then you look to Levante David, you look to Devin White, who it was concerning when he missed practice, wasn't sure if he was going to play. Now that he practiced on Thanksgiving, looks like he's going to be a go. But Levante, Devin, Sue, Vea, and then the rotation with Vea there with McClendon and Nacho, they have to get to Taylor early, slow him down enough for reinforcements to arrive and minimize Jonathan Taylor's ability to take over this football game. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Derrick Henry earlier in the episode, and look, not only is Jonathan Taylor the leading rusher uh, in the NFL right now, he's the best running back in the NFL right now, and that includes Derrick Henry, who has 937 yards rushing right now to Jonathan Taylor's 1,122. But David, Derrick Henry's been out of action for like two or three weeks now. Right, he still has, uh, I just lost count, 26 more carries, James. Derrick Henry still has 26 more carries than Jonathan Taylor, even though he's missed, what, two weeks, three weeks right now? Um and Jonathan Taylor has three more touchdowns. So in, 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 in more action, more opportunities, Derrick Henry still has less rushing production than Jonathan Taylor, even though he's missed the games now. So, so again, volume counts for a lot of things, right? And that kind of goes back to the defense conversation. We had this conversation earlier in the season about the Buccaneers defense. Yeah, they're giving it the most passing yards uh, every single game because people are doing nothing, basically, but throwing on them. And what you want to see in this game is you want to see the Indianapolis Colts mimicking that doing nothing but throwing on them but you know they're going to want to run the ball so how do you make them throw the ball james one you stop jonathan taylor as best as you can you stop him you force them into third and longs second and eight second and nine you force them to throw the ball two you score you put points on the board and frank Wright is gonna have no choice but to start putting the ball in the air because he's got to make up ground 
and make up ground quick for the Buccaneers do that. They have to do what they've been doing for really the last couple of weeks without the mistakes, which was last week against the New York Giants. Take what the defense gives you. Bruce Arians talked about it. Todd Bowles talked about it. Defenses are playing more two-shell coverage over the Buccaneers. They're playing deep. They're forcing everything short, and then they're rallying to the ball, trying to make tackles, hoping for a tip pass that turns into an interception or a fumble that they can then give over to their offense. Do not shoot yourself in the foot. Continue to stay patient because these NFL players, they want to go for the for the kill. They want to go for it. They've been patient, patient, patient. This could be that game. It's a high-pressure game, very tough opponent. Playoff seeding is starting to be on the line. Divisional rankings are starting to be on the line, especially if the Saints lose. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could find themselves being like, oh, this is a huge opportunity. Sometimes you get in your own emotions. You try to start, start forcing things down the field. Instead, stay patient, play within the system, take what they give you, put points on the board early. If you can put 17 points on the board in the first quarter, James, the Indianapolis Colts are going to have to pass the ball in the second half. That takes Jonathan Taylor out of the game for you and allows you to take advantage of Carson Wentz, who is poo-poo. <laughs> uh, right. My player of the game, because of that, uh, is Vita Vea. I just had to throw that curveball in there. Um, Vita Vea, okay, he's my player of the game for all the reasons you just said about stopping Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to start with Vita Vea up front. If he can force those blockers, especially if Quentin Nelson does play, if he can force extra attention into the middle, allow your edge players to set the edge easier It allow the linebackers, Devin White, Levante, Dave, to come in. Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Vita Vea is the is the start of that whole thing, of course, assuming he's on the field. Yeah, my predicted player of the game is going to be Sean Murphy Bunting. Look, Michael Pittman Jr., son of Buccaneers, uh, former Buccaneers running back Michael Pittman, obviously. Uh, he's an absolute weapon. He is a beast. But if Sean Murphy Bunting is following Michael Pittman around and doing his best to shut Pittman down, that leaves the amazing pass catching options of old and busted ty hilton who only performs against houston so sad. you got zach pascal and you got baby hands doyle at tight end well and then you have mo alley cox which okay it's kind of like evan ingram only taller look he was an up-and-comer like three years ago right yeah well so was evan ingram <laughs> um so yeah you you take michael Pittman out of this game as far as a receiving threat and the Buccaneers defense is going to have no problem. You have guys up front swarming to Jonathan Taylor, trying to remove the run game. As you mentioned, you, the offense get out to an early lead. You can remove the run game, force Carson Wentz to pass the ball, which Taylor's a threat out of the backfield, no doubt about it. But if you take away their number one option in Michael Pittman, there's not a whole lot of pass catchers on the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to strike fear into anyone. It's going to be on Sean Murphy Bunting to have another really, really solid game, shut yeah. down Michael Pittman, and really force the Colts to do some creative things if they're going to move the ball. Finally, well, not finally, but that leads me into my bold prediction. You say Carson Wentz is poo-poo, but over the course of the last six games, he's got 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's only been sacked six times. You turn this into a one-dimensional team in the Indianapolis Colts on the offensive side of the ball, you can certainly force Carson Wentz into some mistakes. I think this Bucks defense ends the game with three takeaways and five sacks. This is going to be a statement performance by the Buccaneers defense, shutting down Taylor, getting to Carson Wentz and taking the football away. Yeah. You don't say that's an interesting bold prediction. I also made the same bold prediction after I made the bold prediction that Bailey Adams pre stole from me, meaning that Tom Cruise is on his way to arrest him for pre theft. Uh, my bold prediction after 
finding out that I'm basically copying people without knowing what their bold predictions was. It's going to be Vita Vea getting two sacks. Vita Vea, my, my key player of the game. You guys know I like tying my bold prediction into either my key to the game or my player of the game. Uh, and, and again, Carson Wentz, you know, if you force the ball into his hands, you force him to pass. One thing that he's known for is holding the ball too long. Vita Vea gets pressure up the middle. I could see him basically pushing a Colts lineman. Like he could get two sacks, James, and never even touch Carson Wentz. That's how good Vita Vea can be. Hopefully, that's what we're going to see in Indianapolis this weekend. And uh, hopefully it leads to a Buccaneers win, which I am predicting bucks by three. I'm taking seven points, 34 to 27. Tampa Bay gets their eighth win of the NFL season, takes a three game lead over the new Orleans saints. And then we have to see what the Carolina Panthers do. Well, the Carolina Panthers are going to lose because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a tight one. This is going to come down to whoever has the ball last and that could mean one of two things it could mean that the buccaneers are kicking a game-winning field goal or there's going to be a defensive stand preventing the colts from kicking a game-winning field goal but i'm taking the bucks in this one 30 to 28 with that david we are out of here thank you to all of you once again for making locked on bucks your first listen or first watch every day free and available on all platforms for your second listen today we suggest the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Drop your score predictions, your bold predictions, and your player of the game predictions in the comment section on YouTube. We would love to see that, see some interaction. You can let us know what you think about ours. And we want to see what yours are. So make sure you're doing that over on the YouTube comment section. Make sure you subscribe to the channel while you are there. You can send in your reactions to the game to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or by calling in at 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRO underscore Bucks, at Harrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining us.